3: Danny Meringue. I found two empty bottles of a particularly decent Chateau de War, Bordeaux 57 in your rubbish. Dusty Hera. You went through my garbage? This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. I find it particularly offensive that you use them to wash down an order from something called Macho Taco. And Portland's sports leader, 1080. I would never drink a Bordeaux with a Macho Taco. The fan. It was a Burrito machissimo.
2: All right, hour number two, Danny and Dusty, with you. Uh, what we are? What are we? A week away from the trade deadline? Uh,
1: a, a week, week and, and a twelve day. or yeah, eight days? Eight oh, days? Eight, yeah, let's go. Let's yeah. go. Seven days oh, yeah, and Thursday. Thirteen hours. Um, we will okay. actually open the show on next Thursday as the closing bell for the trade deadline hits.
2: Bong. Ooh, we need to start working through our gong. uh... Sounders that we're going to have to use for that. Okay, at the moment that the deadline stops, Blazers should be a part of it. Hopefully, they are. Uh, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer, ever yes. heard of it? You heard of that?
1: It's a small little publication. It gets a little bit of uh, yeah recognition from time to time.
2: Yeah, uh, especially in the NBA worlds. Yes, um, the uh, Ringers. Kevin O'Connor has the has an <laughs> article that pretty. Pretty much uh, describes how we all feel here in Rip City. Can the Blazers escape the middle with a trade? And basically, it just breaks down where the Blazers are. And this is going to be nothing new to anybody that listens or follows the team closely. Um, but he goes into depth of, uh, or I mean, he really kind of drops a hammer on Yusuf Nurkic and his production and level of play as an aging big.
1: I mean, it's five paragraphs of just putting Nurkic in a corner as Randy Couture and beating him up against the cage.
2: I don't, like, I honestly, we're not talking about a superstar. I don't know if I've seen a takedown of a, like a mid-level player in the NBA in quite some time. Like, it is, it's brutal. He basically says, well, no, he doesn't basically say. He says he's he, cooked. He says that, he's Kevin O'Connor says, the most useful thing that Yusuf Nurkic does on defense is, is be big. Is be seven feet tall. Yeah. That's what he says there. Mm-hmm. That's an issue.
1: Uh, I mean, if you want any, you know, consideration for how the Trailblazers view him, considering he played six seconds of the fourth quarter against the Atlanta Hawks, Yikes. they do not even view his ability to be a human phone booth yeah. as valuable enough.
2: Here's uh, here's the end of the first paragraph on Nurkic uh, from Kevin O'Connor. Diminishing athletes must always compensate with heart, but he fails to contest shots, gets out-rebounded, and mopes around the court. That's not good.
1: So when national guys who don't watch every single one of your games locally Mm -hmm. see this, know that it's a trend that everybody is talking about. You want to know why the Blazers are getting their ass kicked on the offensive glass? Besides the fact that they are smaller?
2: I was gonna say, well, having two guys over six eighths probably But here's, an issue. here's the thing, though.
1: When did it become a problem?
2: Was well, it, when Nurk, when when Nurk, about two and a half, three weeks ago, when they traded Zach Collins. No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: oh. Uh, it only really happened over the last two or three weeks. Yeah. Why? Because Nurk has been wildly disinterested. Um, you take that for what it, for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, and really the last 10 games or so, it has been a problem because it hit the scouting report.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that that's, that's where this thing. is coming yes,
1: from. Yes, Kevin O'Connor is getting—he's he, not just watching Blazers games going, oh, Nurk's not playing. He's talking to other teams and going, oh, no, we, we're crashing the offensive glass right now because he does not care when he's on the floor.
2: Something that we've talked about before is finishing at the rim. We actually talked about this last week. Uh, with nurk and we talked we've actually talked about it several times over the last handful of weeks mm-hmm. is th- there's also an apprehension with nurk of going up and dunking the ball right
1: going up and dunking Jeez. going up and rebounding just going up in general
2: so because of the ankle injury because the of leg, yep. the leg yeah you know the history but here's some context to it as it pertains to that six seconds that we saw of nurk in the fourth quarter um is is drew Eubanks's emergence albeit woefully undersized to be playing in the center position in the NBA. Drew Eubanks fights his ass off. And, he and I love that everything. Drew Eubanks of the 44 bigs to attempt at least 50 shots in the restricted area. Eubanks ranks second in field goal percentage, 83.8 behind only Jericho Sims, according to second spectrum. Um, O'Connor goes on to say this makes him a prime target for both Lillard and Anthony Simons. In contrast, Nurkic ranks second to the worst at the rim at sixty point three percent, ahead of only Isaiah Hartenstein of the Knicks, who I actually like. Yeah, no, he's he's been a Blazer target, but I've been told. But he's like nineteen years old, twenty years old. No, he's
1: he's twenty one, twenty two. He's a little bit younger. Yeah, no, a little bit older, but not not that old.
2: Um, it says Nurkic and banks are literal opposite ends of the spectrum, and Nurkic clogs space because he demands more touches. Uh, he has the sixth most post-ups in the NBA.
1: And he's wildly inefficient.
2: Yeah. And then those two things, you put them together. And what O'Connor is saying is this is the biggest issue for the Blazers as as they head towards the trade deadline. The again. juice is not
1: worth the squeeze on either end. That's, the, that's where they're at right
2: now. And again, that's nothing new. No. To to what we talk about. It's just been exacerbated seen, know, even more over the last month. And now when the national guys are going into as great of detail, mm-hmm. this is where the if there's smoke, there's fire yes. kind of stuff. We have heard uh, for a long time that Nurkic is, is been one of the guys that it's no secret. No. It's no secret around the league. It's no secret in that locker room either that names are flying, and when your name is, is flying around as much as Nurkic, we kind of see that production slip, too.
1: Sprague and I were talking about this last night. We did, we did a uh, mailbag on Jack Ramsey's, and a lot of questions revolved around Nurk, and, and I kind of ran back the timeline so, to this summer when he gets his new deal. And I believe Joe Cronin and the Trailblazers were like, hey, we got him to shut it down. We, we tanked. We got Shaden Sharp because of it. We're gonna pay him a little bit extra. We're gonna pay him the tax for shutting it down in a contract year. And that's not that's not a, a thing that's like exclusive to use of Nurkic. Yeah. Whoever that is around the league, asking a guy to shut something down in a contract year, you're going to have to pay for that.
3: Ruh-roh.
1: And I think the Blazers decided, hey, he's been a good soldier. He did what we asked in a year that guys should not do that. So we give him the fourth year and we give him the money. And we just try to make amends, and we make not even make amends. Like we try to show him the love. Yeah. So Joe and Chauncey go to Euroleague, the tournament. They, they went. Across, they went. They went out there for like a week across the
2: pond. Yeah. And,
1: and hung out with him, and showed him the love, told him, "Hey, we're gonna get you touches. We're gonna get you opportunities. We're gonna do all these things for you." Then he shows up to camp out of shape.
2: Uh oh. After playing, after playing in Eurobasket, he's
1: he's. It took him a month to get into shape. Mm. It was evident that he was nowhere near ready to play. Then he gets his opportunities. He gets his touches. And he actually does really well when Dame's out and injured. Yeah. Really well. And then it all disappears again. And then he comes back and has a little bit of a a flurry for about two or three weeks. And then from what I was told, he was told that he was being shopped. And from that point on, he has plummeted. He has been unplayable. Yeah. Unplayable. This This is Denver nurk all over
2: again. In the reason, really, a lot of the were like, reasons why.
1: They're like, I'm we're, we're done here. All right. But the Blazers did everything they could to show him the love. They paid him the money. They literally went and supported him and showed him love. They got him more touches. They got him more involved. They did all the things. Went and got him a new coach that, yeah. you know, holds him accountable and keeps it 100, no capping, as he liked, as he said. real well. And he has absolutely disappeared over the last couple of weeks. And, and the Blazers have... have it's very evident that they are moving on.
2: Okay. Um, There is more than just Nurk that's in here, though. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with the backcourt and what the Blazers can offer and how the rest of the NBA views that. Mm -hmm. Because it's one thing to be in this bubble here in Portland, but how does the rest of the NBA view it? We'll get to that. Danny and Dusty on the fan.
3: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas
1: Oh, God, yeah. There's no movie that I associate with the song more.
2: Yeah. Throwing a John and head on the old, uh, the, the, what is it called? The Scrambler? The Scrambler, is that thread that they were on? I don't sure. Remember. That was I great.
1: I can't remember. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. let me
1: tell you. You toss that jaw in the first time as a kid, Wee. there is no level of nicotine that hits harder than yeah. that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you mean as an 18 year old?
1: Yeah. Certainly.
2: <laughs> now 21, right? Yes, now 21. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah.
1: yeah. Tobacco's 21 now? Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. Times are changing, man. Huh? Yeah, I think that's like, uh, that may be close to five years old at this point. Yeah, it's point. been a
1: couple of years, I believe.
2: Yeah. Are you... Wow. Are you...
1: Did not have a... No.
2: Better get your fake ID. Mm. Did Wait. not know. Yeah, you don't need it. Okay. All right. Um... We were talking about Blazers and uh, Kevin O'Connor, the ringer, he went in and he really dropped the hammer on Nurk, uh, mainly right out the gate. Actually, bullet points one and two <laughs> involve use of Nurkic. Mm-hmm. And then uh it, it, it then it dives into is the backcourt set uh for the Portland Trail Blazers. And um I think as as a as a like a an aside to that. I think one of the bigger issues is if you have front court struggles and you need to fill the front court struggles, how do you get a, a serviceable, bo- serviceable bodies when you only have Eubanks and Nurk right now as bigs? The trade value of Yusuf Nurkic is not going to be very high. Um, how do you improve your front court? And that's where you get into all right, what assets do you? And the problem with the Blazers is like the final farewell middle finger to the Portland Trail Blazers from Neil O'Shea was protecting a, a lottery protection on the first-round pick for Larry Nance, my God, through 2028.
1: Mm-hmm. The line that, that O'Connor used is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I have to read it word for word. Uh, it says the – where to it go? I lost it. but Uh, anyway, basically he said that, uh, folks around the league wonder and wondered if Neil O'Shea actually understood how protections
2: work. Oh, because yes. the
1: fact that the pick is basically protected into perpetuity until 2028.
2: Yeah. I mean, that is in, even at the time it was like, what are we kidding right now? Um, I, I I'll find that out. But it's right a... here.
1: Executives around the league have discussed the Nance deal with the Bulls since Olshe made it, as if he had no idea how protection protections work. It handcuffs the ability, the franchise's ability to make moves.
2: Because you can't trade a first round pick in back back years. a
1: Stepien rule.
2: So the Blazers right now couldn't offer a 2024 pick because they don't know if the 2023 pick will convey yet. And they
1: can't offer 2025. They can't offer 2026 until that pick conveys. Yes. Because of the the, the the type of protection that was put on it. Which is why the Bulls were
2: like, yeah, yeah. we'll take that. And they were long. It was, it was a dumb move to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going to be quite frank about that deal. And giving up a first rounder for Larry Nance Jr. in the first place was a stretch. Putting these protections on it yes. made it even more of a stretch. Um, and so this is kind of that web that you're untangling here of, all right if you can't give up a first round to attach with Yusuf Nurkic or what do you have to trade? And that's where I think it's important to have those things in mind when you say, all right, does that mean that one of the young assets is, is going to be a guy that has to go a la Anthony Simons or Shaden Sharp in this, because if you want to improve this roster,
1: those are your paths. Those are the paths because you're You're not trading Jeremy Grant. You're not trading Damian Lillard and everything else is, Jaden's the the ooh shiny and Ant is the ooh, he's really good and that contract wow yep. like those are the things that people look at
2: and if to the answer to this question uh so they can't give up a first round pick until 2029 yes, yes.
1: <laughs> as it stands right now yeah. yes without but they have to convey the pick
2: until the blazers and this is why it's like anybody that wants the blazers to tank it's not best for business right now no. because then sure you
1: get a 19 year old from this draft and maybe you get lucky you know you hit top two with Wemby or Scoot or yeah. you pick top five and you get one of the twins or something along those lines. But that kind of capital isn't necessarily as valuable because it's only worth 7 to $9 million, like like Shaden. Yeah. It doesn't have the other stuff that goes with it that you can package it with and talk yourself into two, three, four years down the road.
2: And in order for the pick to convey, the Blazers must... Make the playoffs. Yes. Once the Blazers make the playoffs, okay, then the pick will convey to Chicago. But until that happens, you cannot trade a first-round pick, and or unless you
1: roll the protections off of it entirely, which is terrifying because the Blazers are right now two games out of four, three games out of fourth, and they're in the lottery.
2: Now that is something to to kind of keep in mind is if you call Chicago and you say, "All right, hey." We are going to rip the protections off of this pick. You better make a home run slam dunk franchise changing deal.
1: And you better hope that nobody gets injured between now and the end of the year. Yeah. Because you could end up handing Chicago Wemby.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because in in here it, it mentions that every year since the new lottery has been instituted, a team from the outside, like it was 11th, 11, the top 11, has mm-hmm. gone in and moved up. Yes. Yeah, I think you said somewhere into. from
1: seven to 11. Yeah, seven yeah.
2: to 11. So this is, and you cannot trade a, like you can't say, hey, we'll trade you a 2029 20, first round pick because the NBA. You can won't only go allow uh, you to do uh, that. six years out. So. Yeah. So this is where assets are now. Okay. How do you pull off a deal and how do you construct a deal right now? And that's where it goes to. All right. May you be willing. To get rid of an Anthony Simons and a and or a Shane Sharp as part of a deal, because that is truly what's going to have to happen if you want to if you want to improve your front court. And that will come with a I mean, this is now we're talking an incremental move into a blockbuster move if we're yeah. going to see something in the next week.
1: And you're not going to see I don't think you're going to see the blockbuster in the next week. I genuinely believe that the organization views Dame, Ant, Grant, Shaden as their foundational building blocks and that they do have to make a decision or not do, they will likely make a decision on one of Ant or Shaden within the next calendar year. Yeah. But I don't think they view that. I would say very strongly that they don't view that as a situation for right now. And I believe Damian Lillard wants to see how Ant looks after a full calendar year as a starter, yeah, and how he fits alongside him. I, I I genuinely believe that that Dame looks as looks at Ant as a guy that could that can take the step that CJ McCollum did not take.
2: And uh, like I, I know a lot of folks love OG and Anobi, but the asking price that <laughs> the Raptors have is just absurd. And would you swap to be absurd
1: Ant for OG straight up? Straight up, straight up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I think not. I would. I would not. I think they need to Without they need hesitation. To, yeah, I think they need to improve defensively.
1: I don't think you are
2: and he he is he's not like a he's not a complete whiff on the offensive end either. He's he's serviceable on the offensive end.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing is right now your entire offense is Damian Lillard creation, Anthony Simons creation, then none. OG is a is not a creator at all. And that's been part of the problem in Toronto is that he wants a larger role and wants the ball more, but he has not shown the inkling to have those things in his game. And as much as I like him, and as much as I think he's one of the three best defenders in the NBA, the gains that you get defensively in the NBA across the board from the absolute best defenders are not better than the gains you get from offensive players in the half
2: court. So here is my thing though is in part of that though you would be changing and having a full sale change to as you have said many times you would want to get a rim running more of a leaner post right Yes so when that uh, uh, also changed the way they're playing offensively too and to an when- extent
1: but it's more about OG's creation ability not only for others but for himself Toronto's athletic as it gets. Yeah. And, and stylistically, and,
2: and, I mean, he's, it's not like he
1: doesn't get his. No, but that has been one of the things about him in that even the people in Toronto who are love him and are like, I don't want to give him up there. I, the, what I have gotten from Toronto folks that I trust is it is a very similar sentiment to what the blazers used to justify CJ in the sense of, yes, it's not a perfect fit, but he means more to us because of X. Sure. With OG. It's like, well, he fits the wing profile. And it's like, yeah, but you guys can't score because you don't have enough guys who can dribble, pass, and shoot.
2: But isn't that more because Fred Van Vliet is also... He also off, a limited playmaker he, and creator? He fell off the cliff and he can't even really shoot anymore. Or even,
1: he's been shooting better. But even then, all last year, when, even when they were good, it, with, with Scotty having the ball more, they still struggle to create. And creation... For, for 10, 15 years, the the, the advancement of, of the NBA from basically 2000 to 2015-16 and the advent of the three-ball taking over and uh, pace and space offenses, all those things, shooting was this, this all-seeing equalizer. So you saw guys like Davis Bertans and Duncan Robinson get paid. We've moved so far to where, where everyone can shoot now that it's no longer a market efficiency. Like being able to find guys who can shoot. Like if you can just go find a guy off the street who can shoot and get minutes. Now guys attack those guys when you mm-hmm. put them on the floor. Like yeah, side of the floor. The flip side of that is playmaking and creation has become the singular most valuable thing in the league. And if you pair that with size, it is the number one commodity in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. Playmaking with size is the hardest thing to find.
2: But the Blazers have the inability to stop any team that has that, and OG and Anobi gives you something that Ant can't do, which no, is he, and the thing be is- a stopper on that end. And then you add him with Jeremy Grant on the on mm-hmm. that side of the floor. I mean, you have got a lot of length that you can then you can slide in a shooter to that group and it's a it's less of a stressful situation because you have two bona fides on the defensive end, whereas the Blazers right now have Jeremy Grant who's trying his damnedest mm-hmm. to to be a great defender, but and Josh are, Hart is, is trying, and, yeah. he just doesn't have
1: the size. Sure, yeah. And this that's kind of ultimately my point is adding OG like the, the difference between Josh and OG, I, I don't want to put OG down here. It's it's a it's a pretty sizable gap. But the difference between Anthony Simons offensively and the replacement level guy that you would put in that spot, i.e. Shaden, is a canyon.
2: Yes, but I mean, maybe when you have Ant reaching his potential, which that is something that people should be very, very Because if he does hit that next gear But right now we are still watching a very streaky player Mm -hmm. and at that point it is do you hold on to a guy for too long and that value goes down or does he does he turn that corner? And that's that's the interesting one. In are you willing to take that risk? Are you willing to take that swing? If you are Portland, and, and say, hey, you know what? Maybe we have our pick this year convey, and then we are back in a situation where our roster is in a position where, come next trade deadline, this off season, mm-hmm. we are in a position to make a trade and move an asset that is now a draft pick that we don't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to trade.
1: <laughs> it's all very dumb. Again, it sure is. And it, it is
2: this is the S I I've been saying this since they fired Neil O'Shea. Now it's time to untangle the S-web. This is like the final knot that yes, you have this to is the,
1: pull. This is the really hard, like the the one where you've been p- pulling your teeth, grabbing the screwdriver, everything you can to get that knot out. You got all uh, the other ones out. This is the one where you're like, God, it'd be nice if we had our draft capital here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh all right. <clears throat> Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. Uh We will tweet out, uh, for those asking, we'll tweet out a link to the um, Kevin O'Connor uh, article.
1: At- I, just, I just did from the Fan 1080 account. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, go give that a look there. Kevin O'Connor, can the Blazers escape the middle with a trade? Uh, he says basically what we all say. Uh, Blazers in basketball purgatory right now, and it's not a fun place to be. We're going to try to get out of it. Groundhog Day. Hey, that's tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and perpetuity for Blazer fans. Yeah. Also my parents' anniversary.
2: It's uh, groundhog day. Yeah, happy anniversary Danny's happy parents and tomorrow. 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 Yes. Yeah. We'll save that for tomorrow. I don't want I'm not going to prematurely wish them a happy anniversary. No. That's the only uh, things, thing you're not going to th- Listen, premature. things can go things can go wrong. What do you mean by that, Jeff? <laughs> Nothing. I think it's time for a sports center update. Yep. <laughs> oh.
0: I mean, you're not wrong.
2: <laughs> Here's Rust. <laughs>
3: This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, the fan.
2: All right. It is one thirty. We usually talk with our BetQL Network insider, Ryan Horvath at this time. He cannot... But what we do have is our in an- or annual <laughs> our daily, daily. ritual. It's, it's it is
1: it's a daily annual annual the Daily,
2: daily I, I think annual just means yearly. yearly. Yes it does. Yeah. I'm just trying to say our there. daily ritual. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my stupidity. It it deserves its own <laughs> slap on the wrist. It's our worst day on the web.
3: Ah! It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. So you may have been uh,
1: remotely familiar with some idiots out there who tightened their tinfoil on their head a little too tightly and thought DeMar Hamlin was being uh, weakened at Bernie's.
2: Yeah, these people really um, giant Giant a-holes. I cannot tell you how much I despise the low-brow, knuckle-dragging morons who seemed to claim that DeMar Hamlin was dead, and that's why he was wearing cold-weather clothing at a Buffalo Bills game in the middle of a blizzard. Yes. Yeah, there seems to be no bottom for some people. You guys are idiots if you thought that.
1: Yeah, this is like a... I'm going to go there with the the (sighs) dumb things that people propagate in conspiracy theories. Uh, but Demar Hamlin, I don't know if this is his PR staff just having a little bit of fun at those idiots' expenses, but he made his first public appearance at a taping of The Masked Singer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually like that.
1: It feels like the that feels like the knife is being dug in a little bit, right? Like, just yeah. there's something there, or yeah. is it just convenient?
2: Yeah, uh, I think there is something there. There is a little bit of a jab. And this comes on the heels of uh, I think it was like a five and a half minute video that he filmed in the Bills facility, and then he de- he's he's actually working um and starting his own charge. I think it's heart dot org slash three. Uh it's a campaign. It's a CPR campaign with yeah. the American Heart Association. And it's great. Yeah. You need it, it is it, it's awesome to see that he's sitting there, he's first thing he says, CPR save my life. And it is a challenge that he's throwing out to um, people to go and, and get CPR trained. It's it's awesome to see. And I think that these idiot knuckle draggers be like, well, deep fake <laughs> because you morons cannot be convinced of your own stupidity. Yeah. I think that's really the. I think you God. hammer, meat, nail. They are like just the conspiracy theorists. Y'all need to stop. Look, I
1: like a good conspiracy just, theory. This is not I a good to, one. It's a terrible no. one. It's crappy. It's, no. it's things that I can't say on radio without getting fined. God.
2: Just it's moronic. It's it's so stupid that one It's physically painful, it's so dumb. That these that these people are out there. But two, it's like they they have a voice and there's other people are like, Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Totally right. Preach on, brother. Gosh, just. But it doesn't. It, it, it makes my blood boil. Yes.
1: The it, ah, the episode is going uh, to air day after Valentine's Day, okay. uh, February fifteenth, right. and it does sound like he, he does make a call to action on there on there oh, good. for his for his group.
2: So, okay, is he on the Max Masked Singer?
1: I don't. I think he's a special guest.
2: Okay, so he's not. One I don't of the think people. he's
1: yeah because I wouldn't announce yeah. that he was.
2: Yeah, yeah. That kind of defeats. The well, thing. yeah. Well, maybe if they like guessed him, you know, if his, yeah, if you seen, like before you know, he got on air. No, like they like he was on the show and then they guessed who. Oh, was. yeah, yeah. Like maybe that was his his whole thing. His, okay. Yeah, because these things are all taped.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, on, they little on. they literally just taped it last week. Yeah. Um, and it'll air February fifteenth. So, um, uh, but yeah, no, I think this number one. It's a it's a big time show that. Uh, apparently his brother is a huge fan of. Oh really? So he was along along the ride, or along with him for the ride down there. Yeah. Uh, but just kind of reading through it, it, it looks like that he does kind of get up on stage and grabs the mic and. I like that. Yeah. No. Let's do that more of that. Yeah. No. This is this yeah. is exactly the kind of thing. Like if you're if you're trying to if you're a content creator, whether it's t- traditional TV, digital, whatever it is, yeah. And you're wanting to latch onto somebody's you know momentary fame, this is the way to do it. Yeah,
2: and hey, it's such a good cause. Give them
1: their platform to like, Do hey, talk. Yeah, no, and we we talk about this with the, the same kind of platform with uh, with Brooke Olsonam. Yep, with, with with her Brooke Hearts Your Heart stuff, which should it also be pick, picking up here uh, now.
2: Yep, it is the month of February. So. All right, <clears throat> yeah, those people, you are having the worst day on the web. You should, you always have the worst day on the web. Yes,
1: because you suck. That's right. There you go. I said it. That's right. <clears throat> this yeah. was a, this was a cut and dry worst day on the web. It really was. So was
2: yesterday, though. You missed yesterday's. <laughs> the 22-year-old JV basketball coach suiting up and going out there. I, I caught
1: fantastic. that one. I, you know, I couldn't listen to the show because I was in the MRI, too, but I grabbed my <laughs> phone when I got out of there, and somebody had sent me that yeah. uh, via text, and I was like, this is insane. I, I put it in our group chat, and Rust replied back, yep, that was ours today. So yeah. that is that is just a level of insanity. Um Keep being dumb, people, Make making this very easy for me to find uh, who our worst day on the web is each and every day.
2: Yeah, I don't know, though. Like, the more I thought about that story, I mean, should she be fired? <laughs> well, <yes>. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> but why
1: is the head coach not fired as well? Uh, you had a real-life version of the I is 12 guy.
2: I, but, yeah, I love, <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> I think JV sports should have a humbling moment every now and then. <laughs> You know, just uh, every now and then,
3: yeah, little know, FM coach?
2: kids action. The best, the best part about as as I looked up more and more about her, like she's five ten. I was like, she looks like a monster yes. out there. She's five ten, and she's saucing
1: on kids. Yeah. Like you see her, like the video, like she's talking trash, it's grabbing so rebounds, like like shoulder flexing on them. Mm-hmm. It's the oh, audacity, not yeah. only to try that, but to try that and play that way. There's a couple she's times out there that, like Billy Madison and Dodgeball. Yes, and that's the thing. Is like you can see the ref on the court like uh, what is happening? Like she misses or somebody misses a shot, she grabs a rebound, the elbows come out and she is swinging. And she goes back up with it, gets the and one and she's you know, giving the and one sign and just flexing on JV players. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it's, it's strong FM kids vibes. You love to see it but also Maybe not.
2: Uh. <laughs> yeah, that was a harmless worst day on the web. It was. But it's. It's.
1: I, I want to see more actual pros versus Joe stuff like that. Yeah, a real humbling.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, yep. See, told you you aren't good for varsity. Wham. <laughs> <laughs> Erased. All right. Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. That is the fan text on. Um, we have still to come on today's program. It is National Signing Day. Part two, um, but uh, we have a comeback. An image rehabilitation is starting. Danny and Dusty on the fan.
0: Leading ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month, featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L King.
3: On the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan.
2: Alright, uh, Myers Leonard is making an image rehab tour right now. Haven't heard from Myers much uh, since the, what, now almost two years ago mm-hmm. uh, while streaming a video game. Uh he on Twitch. Yes. He used an anti Semitic slur and it blew up uh and rightfully so very quickly. It blew up
1: literally in five minutes.
2: Yeah. And uh he lost his gig with the Miami Heat. They just cut him and said uh bye. Yeah. Because
1: Number one, can't have that. Number two, it's Miami.
2: Jewish owner. Almost. Wow. They traded him to Oklahoma City, and, and they,
1: cut, they him. cut him. Well, yes. they did that yeah. to
2: facilitate yeah. what was going on. The him. cut. Yes. The whammy. Um, but this is this is the first time that we are hearing from him, and, and well, really since like the first, I'll, I'll say two weeks after Myers uh, uh, said that on Twitch, he came out and he, he said, I didn't know what I was saying, and I feel really bad. And then we saw him... him uh, briefly meeting with like leaders of the Jewish community in being being active in reaching out to them, and since then though we haven't really heard much from him. Um, but now he's sat down with Jeremy Shap of Outside the Lines, and he did uh, an interview that that aired yesterday. And uh, I, I think that what he's trying to do is he's trying to make a comeback to the NBA, but. I don't think what a lot of people knew is that Myers wasn't going to be playing in the NBA regardless.
1: My, for There are people out there who think that um, that day has kept him from the basketball court. That is not what has kept him from. He has had opportunities to return. I, I've talked to Myers. Yep. It is. He had a devastating uh, shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Um, basically think the same thing like Markel Fultz had with nerve damage.
2: Well, and then he said he had nerve damage with an ankle yes. injury, too.
1: And it kept him from being able to Jeez. move. Yeah. Um, the thing about all of this is, and, and people can say what they want, believe what they want to believe. I will go to bat for him here in saying he did not know what that, yeah. what that word was. Sure. And people are like, oh, he knew. He knew. he He didn't.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: The flip side of it is, he knew in that moment that what he was saying was inflammatory. Exactly. And like he was looking for something inflammatory mm-hmm. and not good. Yeah. But he did not understand what that word was. So there's, there's, I do think you can separate the two.
2: Well, and like there's this text that comes as Myers Leonard, Kanye West uh, touring together in 2024. And that's the thing is, there's, like,
1: there's a stark difference between the two people.
2: There is defiance in Kanye. And it does sound like contrition in Myers Leonard immediately. And in the aftermath, Um, he has said in here, like he said, uh, there's absolutely no excuses for what happened that day. And ignorance sadly is a very real thing. And I'm not running for this, but I did not know uh, that it happened. Like, he doesn't. He didn't know what he was saying in that moment, <clears throat> and what I think I I am appreciating from Myers Leonard is that he's saying, "I don't. I I know it. I know it's wrong, yeah. and there is no excuse for it." What, because of what you just said, he well, was looking for something inflammatory to yes. say. He didn't know what he was saying, but I, I think when you have people that do show contrition and they show an honest effort to make good on some bad that they did
1: since that moment myers has been in the jewish community doing work talking and, to people working with people and and it has not stopped
2: I since think that, that day that is important Yes. That, that is important here and this is just the beginning of what's going to be a long road for him to come back and he still. and he knew that this was F- physically and yeah. as this as him using a derogatory term mm-hmm. and getting back into a good place with uh the public overall
1: and the thing that I always wonder when everybody's like you
2: know the whole idea of like
1: well what about second chances we had people out here excusing miles bridges for beating the hell out of his girlfriend yeah yeah and it wasn't the first time pled guilty well, he's gonna pled g- no prison. contest he's not gonna go to prison he's, he's gonna he's gonna be out but he's gonna be all the other stuff that goes with it, because he's got millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. But there were people like, well, he, he paid his cr- he paid for his crimes. Myers said a word that is nasty. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know the guy. I've talked to him more than I could count. Apparently, you sang happy birthday to him. Yeah, I did. We, uh, uh, Joe, Shane, and I ambushed him on his birthday when he was at the NBC set. And they're like, do you want to go be a-holes and sing happy birthday to him? And
2: we did. Okay, it was, it was so you sang "Happy Birthday." It was a bit. It was a bit of a bit. That is a bit of a bit. I'd say that's a bit of a bit.
1: Yeah, um, but the whole idea of second chances—if you can't go out and make amends, what's the point? Yeah. And the thing is, like uh, another guy that we know, Ian Carmel, Ian Mitzvah, and everything—he's Jewish. Uh, he's he's he has also fully endorsed Myers mm. and talked to him and and gone back and forth with him. Um. only the people in that community can be the ones who can say what's acceptable. Sure. I mean, what what contrition and responsibility and owning up to it and what it looks like. There have been people all over that community who yeah. have said that he is doing the work. He is... he. It is not... We are now two years from it. Yeah. And he's still doing it.
2: And I, I also think that we also have to remember uh, what makes it and made it at the time harder to believe that he didn't know what the word meant was there was a, and this is part of the Jeremy Schaap interview and and part of the write up on ESPN that they have on it. Remember two years ago, like how quickly we all forget everything that was when anti-Semitic incidents were We're reaching an all time, all time high according to the anti-defamation league. And so it was at a time where you're sitting there and you're going, dude, come on you you should know better and he is he's i just he's saying i just didn't and that we we also have to remember when it happened too and in why it held so much gravity at that time because it it was a time where um the jewish community was under attack more than ever with that kind of language mm-hmm. and and then uh, obviously what, physical instances too.
1: You know, obviously what what Kyrie did, uh, yeah, uh, escalating that. And that's and the think thing about is about
2: that. Think about Kyrie. Like uh, Kyrie had a half-assed apology, mm-hmm.
1: and yet he uh, he's a, starting in the All-Star game. There he is. Weird, huh? Yeah. And that's the thing is like I I don't think it's fair to bundle Myers in with Kanye and Kyrie or other anti-Semitic. Uh, people movements thoughts, he said something wildly dumb. Mm-hmm. That yes, you should be punished for. Yeah, the the fifty thousand dollar fine and kind of being sent off for a while. Yeah, mm. that's what happens when you when you're in that limelight. And listen, I don't I don't want to see him go through it, but because I mean he the, the streaming stuff, Twitch and sponsors and all, that all disappeared immediately. Boom. But I also do believe that he genuinely cares about people. If there's one thing I will I can stand on 2 feet and tell you unequivocally he gives a damn about people and does not have hate in his heart
2: yeah, this is uh, this is from an NBA spokesperson, Mike Bass. who says, since the use of his derogatory and unacceptable term in 2021, myers Leonards has been held accountable and has dedicated considerable time and effort to understand the impact of his comment. He's met with numerous leaders of the Jewish community and participated in community programs to educate himself and use his platform to share his learnings with others. Um, yeah, I think uh, all of this is to say, you know, the NBA is coming out and saying, hey, take a look. At, at what he's done, we've been tracking it, and uh, we've been keeping along with it as well. Uh, it will it will be interesting to see the pathway back for, if there is one, for Myers Leonard. Because, look, Kyrie Irving, he said out, what, a week? Yeah. Is it two weeks?
1: He's also still yeah. very good.
2: The sliding scale of talent to distraction yes. is, is the big one. There. Yeah,
1: and the thing is, Myers is a perfectly capable NBA player. He's a seven-footer who can shoot threes. Yeah. There are teams in the NBA, we were talking about finding shooting. It's not hard to find shooting. What's hard to find is shooting with size.
2: Yeah. True that. So. All right, it is signing day part two. Let's let uh, let's go down the gambit because it could have been a big day for the Ducks. It was a good one. It was a good one. And everywhere else on in the Pac-12, it was all quiet on the Western front. Danny and Dusty on the fan. How powerful is Cox Internet?